This is the 12 Songs of Christmas. My name is Alex Rawls, and by now you know me. I'm the guy who likes Christmas music and talks to people about it. This week's guest is Joey Burns of Calexico, and the episode has a backstory. Late last year, Calexico released Seasonal Shift, a holiday album, and I interviewed Joey about it then. At the time, though, everybody was releasing Christmas music because that's what they do, and I had more good guests than I had weeks before Christmas. I ended up running part of my interview with Joey in an episode last December, along with part of an interview I did with Grant Lee Phillips on his Yuletide EP and Holly Foster Wells on her grandmother, singer Peggy Lee. In January, I returned to Holly Foster Wells to finish that interview, and today I'll return to that conversation with Joey Burns. I'll finish the conversation with Grant Lee Phillips in the upcoming months. Calexico is bassist and singer Joey Burns and drummer John Convertino, surrounded by a cast of musicians, many of whom have been with them for years. Though Burns now lives in Idaho, for most of their career, Calexico was based in Tucson, and their musical signature was music that treated the American Southwest with a cinematic flair, pulling together not only the cultures represented there, but eras, bringing traditional folk expressions next to contemporary technology. Different cultures and generations lived in their music, sometimes in tension, sometimes in harmony. Seasonal Shift is certainly in that tradition, and for it, they brought in a number of musical guests, including the Tuareg guitarist from Niger, Bombino, and Guatemalan singer Gabby Moreno. In the first part of this interview, we talked about how Calexico's music came to unintentionally take on political resonance. We talked about the story behind their version of Green Grows the Holly for the Holidays Rule compilation and their cover of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Happy Christmas, War is Over. If you want to hear that, and you should since Joey has an interesting take on Happy Christmas, War is Over, go back to the December 16, 2020 episode, which I'll link to in the show notes. For me, this was a fun interview, certainly because Joey is first an interesting thinker about music and culture, so he often has surprising and provocative things to say. But there was also an element of catching up on this one because I've interviewed Joey a few times and spent a little time with them in the studio when they were in New Orleans to record their 2012 album, Algiers. We'll get to my conversation with Joey Burns of Calexico in just a moment, but first, I've argued in the past that Christmas music is a singles format and that there aren't many great Christmas albums. Although the Beach Boys' Christmas album is about as classic as they get, I still don't think it's a great album either. It has some great tracks, including Little St. Nick and Merry Christmas Baby, and it includes one of my odd favorites, The Man with All the Toys. It tells the story of a guy who gets to the North Pole, finds Santa's workshop, looks inside, sees Santa and the elves, and isn't remotely curious enough to do anything more about it. He goes home instead of doing anything consequential. He doesn't meet Santa. Doesn't do anything like that. Instead, he goes home and just tells people what he saw. Sort of like a very social media story before there was social media. But I always love Brian Wilson's punctuating, percussive backing vocals on the song. And they made the song happen for me. We'll check that now. The Man with All the Toys. He's the man with Someone found a lighted house late one night 
Side one of the album is classic early Beach Boys, recorded in 1963 and 1964. It relocated the the trappings of Christmas to their California beaches and made songs for the season for the teenagers they'd find there. But as cool as side one is, side two bails out on the Beach Boys' teenage audience entirely, with Christmas standards accompanied by a 41-piece orchestra arranged and conducted by Dick Reynolds. Wilson picked Reynolds, who was the arranger for Wilson's beloved Four Freshmen, but his orchestrations sound off the rack and eat up the sonic space needed to let the Beach Boys' harmonies really shine. The most frustrating track is Blue Christmas, because Elvis introduced it as a rockabilly song, and none of his energy or vitality survives Reynolds' orchestration. The song begins with a fanfare that could open almost any Christmas standard but this one. But Reynolds goes there perhaps because he understands the word blue to indicate a color and not a mood or a mode. Wilson sings the song gorgeously, well enough to almost sell it, actually. But at the end of the first line, flutes mimic songbirds, tweeting a happy tune. And that undoes any feeling that Wilson was going for. For me, side two of the album is fascinating as a hint of what was going on behind the scenes. Whether with the Beach Boys specifically, or with youth-oriented pop acts trying to deal with record companies that didn't really get or trust youth culture. And, to their credit, these songs on side two of the Beach Boys Christmas album are well-crafted with integrity. They just don't make any sense for the Beach Boys. Here's their version of Blue Christmas. We'll be back on the other side with Joy Burns of Calexico. What drew you to uh, the Tom Petty uh, song? Uh, that was Sergio's favorite Christmas song. He goes, this is my favorite. I'm like, really? Let me hear it. I, I had not heard of this Christmas <laughs> song. I've heard all of his other material as of late, especially after his passing. And 
and I grew up loving, you know, all the records that my older brothers and I had. Um, but I never heard the song. It, it, it escaped me. So when I heard it, I'm like, oh, my God, I could totally hear us doing it. And, and again, you know, kind of doing our thing with it. Um, since Tom Petty has his, his inflection on it, it's easy to not do that, right? It's kind of like doing a Dylan song. Right. It's just so easy to just sing a melody or, or, or to do something different. So that's what I was shooting for. But then I was sort of having fun with some of the bridges and kind of brought a little bit of uh, Jeff Lynn's sort of uh, kind of chorusy or phasing backing vocals in there. It was just, you know, we were just having fun with it. And it's a great tune in it. And it's got a lot of energy, which I figured would be a nice balance to my melancholic ambient mm -hmm. piano. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned how how easy it was to steer away from it because I was wondering. I was about to ask you if Petty, if just like the you know the signature nature of his voice made it hard not to end up drifting that way, even if you were working to not. Yeah, no, I uh, sorry about that. Sure, uh, I yeah, I mean, it, I heard his vocals. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm definitely not going to do that. I mean, I and I love the way. Tom does that. I it just it's so great. His his wry like sense of humor. Um, so we we asked our friend Nick Urata from the band Devotchka to kind of um, give us a little bit more uh, crooning uh, on the second verse, uh, which is he's such a great singer. And um, so yeah, I mean, we just kind of we took it to another place. So we tried to, you know, that was that's the goal. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed that, and uh, and I loved Sergio's piano playing. Um, I loved the um, the trumpet parts are really fun. Sergio, you know, without him, uh, this record would not be possible. And certainly, he was um, in charge of connecting all the band members and guests. He came up with a lot of suggestions on who to send stuff to, and. Uh, and came up with some great ideas for some of the arrangements, and my hat goes off to him. It's Christmas time again. Decorations are all hung by the fire. Everybody's singing, and all my bells Goo Goo Dolls version yet? I think I did. Yeah, once we had kind of, once we had um, recorded ours, I was like, oh yeah. And then you know, uh, and I like theirs a lot. Yeah. And then I was at uh, Home Depot the other day looking for Christmas lights, and I heard another version, which is which is killer. I don't know who did it, but it was a female, and it was it was incredible. And now I got to look I for that it. one. It, it, yeah. Yeah, there's tons. There's so much music out there, you know. And before we're doing this record, I really love J.D. McPherson. And I love his holiday record, which is called Socks. Yeah. I think. And I, I just think he's he's one of my favorites, you know. And I've written to him a couple of times. I'd love to 
to hang out with somebody like him or Kevin Morby. I just feel a kinship. Same thing, you know, when I first heard Arcade Fire, when we toured with them a little bit, I just, I love their music, you know? And uh, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels to, to artists, um, you know? And that's, uh, that's why we do what we do, right? I, I got to say, I, I interviewed uh, JD uh, last year uh, about socks, and he had the best story. I don't, that he was, I was asking him about writing Christmas songs. And that he said that to, he couldn't figure out quite what to do with it. And then he thought about the fact that, no, that there are no coasters, Christmas songs. And so he thought about what would uh, Lieber and Stoller have written for the coasters if he, they had written Christmas songs for them and use that as his way to imagine Christmas music. I thought, what that's a great. great idea. Yeah, and, and that's something would also... Um, you know, I was listening to a lot of the classics and thinking about you. I mean, you name it, any song. I was thinking about the classics, and this is an opportunity for me to write a song that's got like different kind of chord changes. And so I went, I, I came to the studio or the house one day, and I said, I kind of got like this standard. Um, let me play it for you and see what you think. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, you know, and that. That is the, the the title track seasonal shift, you know where, you know gin and tonic in hand for the parents kind of finally brings some some peace, <laughs> and there's the 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 family's dysfunctionality, uh, you know, kind of shining through, and I just had fun, you know, writing a standard, much of that that same way that you're saying that JD yeah. was talking about Lieber Stroll. Yeah. What was in your mind when you think about how to write a standard? You and you're, yeah. you're trying to do it. What has to happen to make it to make that work? Well, I think I was just having fun, and and, and you know, uh, I think I, I appreciate some of those some of those standards that are uh, just kind of you know have a little bit of humor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was my my aim on that song was just to have fun with it. Same thing with peace of mind. Which is not really, I don't consider it a, a standard, you know, in, you know, the standard meaning like the chord changes, like, right. you know, Santa Claus is coming to town, you know, mm -hmm. it could be, it could be anything, uh, but just the one, four, five basic kind of chords. Right. And, uh, and that song kind of, uh, falls under that, um, category for me. Right. <laughs> no. There's a reason I got no money It's been disastrous But somehow we'll get through Oh, the holidays, they're complex And we know just where we'll find ourselves Sleeping on the floor at half past two Down 
mentioned uh mi burrito sabanero did you know that song before she brought it to you no i didn't i hadn't heard it of all my years of being in tucson no one no one was blasting it from the neighbors uh houses in barrio viejo yeah i did one of the things i've I, in prepare in preparing for this i went to look it up because i didn't know it either and before i yeah. heard it on your record and i just and i found an entire world of that song that it turns out that it turns out that in Miami it's really big, and that like mm-hmm. one of the dance music stations there is all over it at Christmas time, and they even have like they had a uh, had a producer produce a uh, a dance music remix of the original single, and so and it turns out like it's actually like it's big there, and I then I went into SoundCloud and just found like a galaxy. Of uh, a burrito sabanero uh, remixes. It's so good. Yeah. This is the only time of year we're going to hear that song, so you might as well just dive in, you know? Oh, yeah. I love that there's a whole galaxy and universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I felt that way when I first heard it. It's such a it's such a badass tune. It's so cool. And it's great, you know? And it's and, it, and you think of kids, and especially when, when I heard Gabby's original version, it's in that register where it just, it really is, it pops. Yeah. And you can't deny it. And especially having, you know, eight or nine year olds, you know, it's like pouring sugar right into the into the mix. And it's just it's it's a great feeling. It's a great way to celebrate. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Con mi burrito sabanero. your old neighborhood and i'm wondering what christmas music did you hear was there you know or are you aware of like what are sort of the christmas favorites for uh spanish speakers yeah in the world around you there's yeah well you know lalo guerrero is from barrio viejo and and he i think he wrote songs for uh you know alvin and the chipmunks the the spanish version so I definitely heard some of that being played on KXCI on, uh, uh, on Pepe's show. And I, uh, I mean, they're, they're just super cute. Right. So you heard those, um, what else? I uh, just all of like the kind of standards, but just done in Spanish, which mm-hmm. I think is so great, you know, just seeing that duality, uh, or universality you know, um, of music and this time of year. So you heard everything. 
Uh, there is another song that, that you hear a lot that we were going to record, but uh, the guitar player in Spain said, no, I don't think you should record um, Los Peces en el Rio, The Fish in the River. Um, it talks about, you know, uh, the song talks about, you know, Maria is combing her hair uh, with, a, with a comb of gold or her hair, hairs of gold, and all the while the fish in the river you know, they're swimming to, uh, I don't know, they're, swim <laughs> they're, they're swimming to the source or something, you know, and, and that song has become like a big drinking song and it's played, it comes from Spain um, and maybe it has a different connotation in Latin and South America and in Arizona and Mexico than it does in Spain. But our guitar player said, please, just do me this favor, don't do that song. I said, okay, <laughs> we, we won't do it. He goes, you, you have enough, you can write way, you know, just write a new song. And so that's what we did. We just wrote <laughs> some new songs. John wrote this beautiful instrumental called Glory's Hope, which uh, yeah, I love that song. And I wrote a song called Peace of Mind. We both did them separately in our garage and it was fun, mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of add, you know, more to the mix. And, uh, but yeah, that, that song we were going to do, um, and then we we decide we decide not to do those paces in Navia. But Gabby has done it. Laza de Sela has done it. It's a great song. Right. <laughs> now I have to check it out. I know. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Check out Posada. That's a great record. Now, for Heart of Downtown, you collaborated mm -hmm. with Bombino. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that what in that what instructions if any did you give him for that oh well that's kind of a that's a challenge right because he's i mean he's really like you know in another and a whole another part of the world he's in niger and africa so we sent lyrics that i that i had written in english translated into french and then i was we sent it to his manager in new york and we said see what you can do you know we would love for him to sing here's a section um Here's all of the lyrics, so you know either you or someone can follow along and play as much guitar as you can. So uh, those are the instructions. Have fun with it. And the and the first and then we waited and waited, and then we finally heard back that he had gone to the studio, but they lost all of the files. Uh, they just you know something happened. So then uh, he went back again and uh, and he recorded some, and then we asked him to go back just one more time, just to do a little bit more guitar playing which was great. And then I think at that point, either he was, he had, you know, spent more time with it and just you know, turned it up and it's great. And we wrote, you know, after we recorded this, the song idea, um, that's when, you know, Sergio said, you know what, we should send the song to Bambino who, you know, he had become friends with uh, after meeting him several times at some festivals. So I said, well, if he's going to have it, why don't we write an intro? So it really kind of just features his guitar, you know, and his, and maybe his voice. And that's what we did. It's a fun song. And it's, and again, this is not a, a holiday song, but it picks up back on that theme of bringing everyone together and, and coming together, dancing to the streets and going downtown. I mean, that's, you know, I was thinking about what had been happening in the United States, but also just, you know, what can we do? You know, we can, music can be that bridge, you know, let's, let's underscore that importance. Let's highlight it.
Just kind of at a, at a at a personal interest level. Once you heard his thing back, did that make you? Once you heard how he what he contributed, did that make you want to go back and do additional tweaks or change things? Once you know, so that it, so that it it kind of it's either accented or in some way yeah. highlighted what he had what he'd contributed. Uh, well, there were certain there were certain things we were hoping that he would that he would do. And so we had to sort of take the vocals and place them in certain areas that he maybe didn't sing in. And it would have been, it might've been different if we were just all there together in the room. So we kind of made the best of it and we just supplemented places that weren't, um, that, that he didn't record in. And, um, no, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I did anything different or wanted to do anything different. I was just really excited to hear his vocal and guitar added in there. And it was just a matter of how do you balance it? And um, because the riff that is on there, that kind of Stratocaster riff that is the hook, it's so present. Um, my concern was that it was going to take up too much space. And I think it kind of did. I think it kind of threw him uh, because it, it does take up a lot of space. So um, I was almost wondering if we should take it out and send him the song without that hook, you know. Mm-hmm. And and we did, you know, with this song, it started off not as sort of like a song idea or with chords. It started off me about ready to leave the studio for the day and just coming up with this riff that I was thinking was sort of like this Peruvian kind of like chicha kind of thing, right? Uh, Chris brought up his Stratocaster that I that I used because I don't have a strat and I thought, well, this is a different tone and sound. Why don't we just try, try something? <laughs> and Sergio said like, Oh, is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> I said, like, yeah, I'm trying to like emulate that. And he goes, Oh, well, it sounds more like, I don't know, more North African or something more seventies. I'm like, well, that's cool. Whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want. And so he worked on it uh, the next morning when I arrived, um, it had some rhythm to it and um, and it was more straight. So what we did is we worked on it. So we, we wanted it to swing more. Right. And so um, I, I had a feeling that, you know, in trying to translate to other musicians, John and, and Scott or, or Bambino that, you know, it, it, you have to kind of, uh, you have to kind of try a couple of different things. And so, 
John uh, did a couple of different passes after we had tweaked it mm-hmm. to give it more of the, there's a slight shuffle in there. Sure. And so that I, I'm like, so I also had Sergio you know, think about the percussion part. So he redid that and then it just started to click. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I think he actually redid the bass part. So there was a bit of tweaking, which was kind mm-hmm. of fun. Cool. It was a different approach to working on a song. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I want to get one last thing here because I realized I had a note sure. that I wanted to cover was, so sure. you, um, I read that your favorite Christmas song is uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas, uh, Christmas Time is Here. Is that still your favorite Christmas song? It is the best. Um, that and um, the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York, mm-hmm. uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Those are my two favorites. But I also, I mean, I love all the standards and stuff, you know. Tell me about your affection. Tell me about your affection for Christmas time uh, is here. Well, I think that uh, it's meditative, right? It's one person on the piano. Um, and and the piano as an instrument, I think, is just, it's such a, a gorgeous tone. And, um, and it reminds me of growing up loving the cartoon series of Charlie Brown and, and Snoopy and, and, and just, you know, the, the feelings of anticipation of getting to watch those shows, um, they meant a lot to me as a kid and the, and the family all coming together. And so um, when I hear that song now, I don't think so much of the cartoons, but I think of just the, the feelings that you get around the holidays when there is a bit of uh, that, that, that peacefulness, you know, um, and uh those are my favorite moments. And I think that it's it's a jazz tune, right? I mean, it's just a beautiful jazz tune. It could have been, you know, a song for my father. It's, uh, it could have been, it could have just been anybody, really. And it just happened to be this one composer. And, um, and it's just, it's, it states a simple modern interpretation of what the holidays mean. And I really, I really enjoy it. whenever I hear it, just the tone, the recording, this, the minimalism, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I have to say one of the pieces of that song that I now really connect to that at the time went right by is the fact that it's kids singing. Yeah. You yeah. know, that you think that because, I mean, at the time when that was recorded, that was, that was really unusual. It was one of the few times where you had mm-hmm. an animated uh, cartoon where you actually had kids playing kids rather than having yeah. adults play, do kid voices. And then to yeah, go so cool. far as to actually have the singers be kids' voices as well. Oh, yeah. And it, and it the, the texture of their voices. I mean, because yeah. I, I agree with you entirely about the... You know, the beauty of Garaldi's piano is by yeah, itself is by itself gorgeous. But then the idea that the, uh, the texture of those high voices masked yeah. and um, that there's something really kind of lovely and wintry in those mm-hmm. in that sound. And that's right. There's the whole B section. I totally forgot about that. Right. Kicks into swing. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of bring this back to you know where we started earlier you've talked about how your piano naturally was sort of, you know, lean towards melancholy. If you just sit down and start playing Mm -hmm. and for generations of kids, 
this was their introdu- introduction to melancholy uh, and, and ennui. And uh, when, when you didn't have yeah. a vocabulary yeah, for, for it, sure. you first learned sort of to be musically and sort of, sort of existentially sad listening to uh, Charlie Brown Christmas music. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's such a good point. And, you know, as far as talking about a seasonal shift, I was thinking more about an emotional shift, right, that also occurs during this time of year. And one of the things that, you know, to, to kind of wrap it all up, you know, everyone's kind of scratching their heads like, well, how come we've kind of gotten off on this tangent these last four years, right, 2016, 2020? Why is hate and, and, and division like these big themes that have, that have come up. And, you know, one of the things is we've shifted from thinking about us and we to just me. And we've, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of lost sight of togetherness. And as simple as that sounds, I think it really, it is one of the things that we kind of need to, to bring back. And, and, and that's why I think um, I'm really proud of being a musician and being able to just bring people together because that's, it's a good example for yeah. my kids and for everyone else. So that's, that's the thing, you know, and, and, uh, so yeah, here's to more, uh, <laughs> getting together. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to Joey Burns for the time and the talk. Seasonal Shift is available wherever you get your music. And I imagine that they'll be back on tour whenever bands start touring again. You can find me online at 12 Songs of Christmas on Facebook. 12 the word, not the number. At 12songsofchristmas.com. 12 the word, not the number. And by email at alex at myspiltwithatmilk.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. If you have show ideas, people you'd like me to talk to, I'm all ears. By now, many of you are following 12 Songs wherever you get your podcasts, and that's good. If you're not, what's with you? What, are you a wise guy or something? Subscribe or follow. If you get 12 Songs through Apple's Podcast Wrangler, leave a five-star review. All the cool kids are doing it, and you don't want to feel left out. We'll finish with one more from the Beach Boys Christmas album. This is Christmas Day. Talk to you next week. The Christmas spirit grows with each new day. And it's so close but seems so far away. And yet it comes only once a year. And for you know it's already here. The streets are filled with laughter. So many